Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to C-Note FM, the show that is kind of like a refreshing bagel in the morning, just delicious, fills you up, it's good. <laughs> Today I have, uh, my guest is Melinda Baum, who her and I spoke about, she's helping breast cancer patients to regain some of their life and identity through visual art, and it was a very interesting conversation, ooh, burps, cute. Ah, good morning. <laughs> it was very good, very good conversation that we had um, uh, about her story and how she came to do this in order to help people uh, use their visual art as therapy, essentially, and um, be able to regain their sense of self during such a difficult time. So, without further ado, here it goes. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon, Melinda. How are you doing? I'm good, and you? Good, good, good. So, uh, welcome to the world of Anchor. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'll figure it out someday. No, it's, you know, the nice part is that, like, you really don't even have to do anything. Like, you just download the app, and then I, as long as you sign up for an account, then I can call for easy. So I'm, I'm getting other people to do the same thing for future interviews if they, if they don't have a microphone set up or anything like that. It's just yeah. the easiest way to do it. So, yeah. Um, so, so um, yeah, so, so how are you doing? How's your, how's your day going so far? Um, well, I'm in the middle of Texas, and it's been snowing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm in the twilight zone at the moment <laughs> or what. When's the last um, time it's uh, when's the last time it snowed over there? Well, sadly, this is our third snow in less than a month. Wow. Yeah, that that's that's kind of my wording for it. Not exact mm-hmm. words, but close. <laughs> yeah, it's like right. Yeah, I posted a live on my video this morning. I wa- I went in to see the podiatrist about my leg, and uh, it was cold, and I walked out, and it was snowing. I'm like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. I'm I'm up in Rochester, New York, and it is basically perpetually snowing. So uh, it's not as much of a surprise up here, but uh, I'm sure down there it's a uh, it's a new it's a new and uh, interesting experience. Yeah, um, yeah. I used to wish for snow when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I always thought it'd be cool to live someplace where it snowed a lot, and then we lived in Denver for five years. That quickly mm-hmm. went away. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, we're already recording. So um, I just wanted to have a quick chat with you and. Um, and uh yeah so if you would like just kind of give the if you want to talk about um what it is that you do and um we can get going with that so let the people know who you are okay um i'm melinda Baum. i um am a visual artist um with a goal of helping people walk through cancer that journey with um a more thriving mindset um Today, today's society tends to keep, why? 
was getting a phone call. Um, oh. <laughs> my phone never rings. That's but, funny. Um, yeah. Um, but in today's society, um, we like to keep people in the survival mindset. And I don't mm-hmm. really think that's where we need that to put, especially given the large number of people who um, walk that journey now. Right. You know, the statistically, it, I don't think you know anybody who hasn't been touched somehow, either a family member or themselves with that right. journey. So. Yeah, it's it's a big struggle for a lot of people. Uh, how 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 are you contributing to that? Particularly, uh, I know you do a lot of Facebook lives when you talk to people. Um, yeah. How how are you getting your message out there? Um, I'm looking to do some one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. with patients. Um, I want to use art and visual visual means imagery to help them get past that, um, mm-hmm. especially women with like breast cancer it's a big one because so much of us is wrapped up in um how we see ourselves right so we forget that that's not the part of us that's truly beautiful and that even though you've had you know you have scars in places that you don't really want them um it's the internal beauty that still comes out so some some portraits and then you know just giving them a way to, to voice the emotions that tend to get stuffed down. Um, I know for me, when I was going through my journey, um, you become very aware of how you don't want to be a burden on anybody more than you have to be. You Mm -hmm. become very aware of, um, people that put you up on a pedestal because you're so much an inspiration right? Um, that you don't voice the emotions that you're going through. You don't feel like you can have that breakdown and just lose your shit, so to say, mm-hmm. and be yourself. Right. Yeah. I, I go through a lot of similar feelings when it comes to, for me, I deal with um, what's called cyclothymia, which is a low grade bipolar disorder. Um, it is uh, essentially a mood disorder and um, similar to kind of what I'm going through uh, in my personal life, uh, being more comfortable, being open about my emotions, not just what I'm going through, but being open with my emotions and not feeling like I'm a burden to someone uh, whether it's a loved one or in a social situation, a lot of the times we'll, we'll hold ourselves back from really being true to who we are or speaking how we want to speak about how we're feeling um, because it's rude or, you know, uh, uh, we're the perceptions off or something like that. Um, and, and it's really important to be able to give people that power to be able to, to be honest, to speak to who they are and to, to have them live life beyond just what they're dealing with, but to, to be themselves still. I think that sounds, that sounds good. Is, is yeah. that, that yeah. sound accurate? Yeah, very much so. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, as a society, we're all, it's like when you ask somebody, how are you today? And they say, Oh, I'm good. And you can see they're not right. But you know, we're just kind of, it's entrenched in people from really mm-hmm. young so, and I think that's one of the things that as a society, as, as a race, we need to start changing. Right. Um, so 
specifically with visual art, how, how are you doing so? So you're doing like one-on-one coaching. Are you teaching painting techniques or doing more of like a, um, dare I say, you know how people have like wine and paint nights and they have something specific to paint? Is it something like that where you're having something, having them learn to paint something specific or teaching them how to use techniques in painting to, to kind of uh, uh, better themselves? more teaching techniques. Um, I haven't had any like painting nights here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really have a space to do that yet. Eventually yeah. I hope to have a studio I could do that in, right. but you know, when you're going through treatments, your schedule's kind of really bizarre to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to give them something because, you know, with chemo and all that comes with the brain fog and all that. And some of the chemos, give you um, like neuropathy in your fingers. Mm-hmm. So I want to incorporate like digital painting. So stuff okay. that you can take into um, treatment rooms with you when you're there for four hours, right. something to do besides nap, which is what a lot of people do. <clears throat> right. Yes. It seems like you'd have to consider uh, the, the different types of things that people are dealing with you know some people might have um might have as good might not have as uh, uh as much motor skills as another person or right. uh you know visual impairments or i don't know whatever any sort of quote-unquote side effects might be that they'll have yeah. to deal with i'm sure you'd have to work around that and consider that yeah um with every every individual yeah especially you know you lose your sense of taste but your sense of smell that can be an overdrive. So, you know, paints may not be something you can handle either. Right. Or even. So digital painting right. tends to be one, and I don't know too many people who don't have either a cell phone that you can get an app for to do this with, or an iPad or, you know, some sort of tablet that you can do this on. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, so what, um, so what kinds of, uh, do you have maybe an example of a, a technique that you would share to someone that would help them uh, in, in that process uh, or, or maybe a story you'd be willing to tell? Yeah. Um, if you, like on an iPad, if you take a photo of a flower, mm-hmm. and you can pull that photo into various different apps and you can paint over that. So you have some, you don't have to have too many skills as far as, you know, well, I can't draw. That's not typically true. Everybody can draw. It just not, may not be a Van Gogh drawing. Right. Okay. So, but with that background there, you can paint over it. So you paint the pixels basically with brush strokes and you can see your own photo and then you see your painting on top of it. So, it's almost like a paint by numbers right? and you can make it as realistic or unrealistic as you want. Right. So it gives you that artistic um, choice mm-hmm. without having to come up with it in your head. Right. So it's a stepping stone to then later being able to work on like drawing your own and then painting your own. So there's many different steps you can start with and work your way from I can't do anything and do paint by numbers kind of thing all the way to I drew and painted this all by myself. 
Right. Uh, so, so what do you, what do you feel is the uh, emotional goal or satisfaction for that you would like one of your clients or someone that you're working with to achieve after, after feeling this? Like, is it more of a sense of satisfaction or independence uh, or a, a way to move on or move forward from what it is that you're dealing with? Is it something in that, uh, in that ballpark you feel? Yeah, it is. And then, I also want them to do some free painting on their own because mm-hmm. that'll tell you what your emotions are. Right. There's, a, there's a thing where you do a scribble drawing. Uh-huh. So you, you take the pen and you put it on the paper or on the, on the iPad and you scribble for like 10 seconds. Right. And you, you set it down the pen and you look at it and you look to see it's kind of like doing cloud animals. Where do you see that cloud? What does it look like to you? And it will tell you something about your state of mind, because depending on how what your state of mind is that day is Mm -hmm. what you're going to see. Right. So that's another one I like to use. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you can paint it, draw in the different. So those two, so that you you start getting in touch with the emotions that you're stuffing in. Right. So kind of. Kind of, it's a it's a method to bring it out to the surface, yeah. so you can kind of see what's going on underneath. Because not everyone is very um, self aware, should I say? Like not everyone can, or is willing to dive that deep to really pull out the nuggets of information that they need to grow and move forward. Yeah. And uh, that sounds sounds like a really solid method of uh, getting someone to be realistic about about where they're at, and and gives you a sense as their coach the the, a place where they can they can grow and develop yeah where to go next exactly and then so, coming to terms with that you probably don't really want to go back to the life you had before even though you right. think you do mm-hmm. because that's kind of what got you here in the first place so let's right. talk about that part too you know exactly so how, how long do you typically work with uh with people one-on-one is it something that is like a few sessions or over a long period of time? What, what is it? What is the length of a, of a, of, of time with a client typically look like? Usually I'd like to work with them four to six weeks okay. uh, at a minimum. Um, mm-hmm. That's the typical duration of, of chemo treatments. Some go a lot longer, some go less. So it just depends on when, how quickly they decide to, to, <laughs> to kind of make some changes to, um, right. I, I was kind of stubborn. It took me a little while. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, so what is your personal history with, um, with visual art? When, when did you get started with that? And like, when did it become more of a passion? And, uh, from, from there, where, how did it develop into what you're doing now? Um, let's see. I, <laughs> I loved photography as a kid. So mm-hmm. I've always done some sort of visual art, photography, poetry. And then I liked, when I was in high school, I liked to do like construction design to my poetry, which was kind of interesting. But yeah. Um, yeah. then, you know, like most kids, I was told by my parents, you're never, you can't make money as an artist. So mm-hmm. I started looking at being a serious scientist so my last two years in high school, I spent doing all the things that most kids don't do, you know, taking 
five science classes and so forth and so on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm that kid. Um, <laughs> so was I. Totally, totally nerdy. Completely dove into science and math and all those things that everyone was like, eh, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I was the nerdy science person who also played sports. Okay. So, you know, I took seven classes instead of the required five so I could get both an extra science class and my athletics in. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Overachiever. Oh. Yeah. Just <laughs> not that that stopped because it hasn't, but, you know, whatever. Right, right. Uh, so, but then, you know, as the years went on, I, um, I got married and then I had kids and I've done several different jobs in the meantime. Uh, mm-hmm. And then in 1997, I became a firefighter paramedic, which I did for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I really started getting back into my photography then um, as I was also a power lifter and was traveling a lot. So mm-hmm. I always had my camera with me when I traveled and we lived in Europe for five years, so it really, photography really took off again then. Yeah. Before digital, now with digital, I wish I could go back now because, you know, I wouldn't have 30 rolls of film to develop. <laughs> right. That's a lot of work. Yeah, and it it was really expensive then too, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's more stuff now. Yeah. Well, it seemed like there was a lot of uh, life experience to document, so that's that's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. So, when I was diagnosed in um, 2008 with my breast cancer, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up leaving the fire department, and I became a massage therapist, which is where the visual arts really started coming back in. And okay. I started doing different kinds of of art stuff um working with alcohol inks on tiles and glass and you know just different fire paintings and some you know different kinds of things Mm -hmm. so and then as i saw what it was doing for me and helping me get through what i was going with and dealing with i decided i should start helping others with the same so it's been a long process over the last, you know, seven, eight years. Right. Sounds like, um, sounds like there may have been a lot of trial and error to kind of figure out um, what works for you and what works for other people. Did you happen to talk to anyone else who was coaching or working in visual art to kind of help you along? Did you take any kind of uh, classes or courses or talk to people? What, what is your, any kind of research or anything like that to help you along? Yeah, I've done some research, but I also took a class um, by Whitney Freya. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Creatively Fit Coaching. Okay. So, and that's that helped me tons, and that's where I I kind of got my start for helping others because, like, I I could totally do that. Right. So, yeah. Um, How was? What was your, um, sorry to cut you off. Uh, what, what was your first coaching experience? Like, I'm sure like for a lot of people, when they go into something new, they go into uh, a new field or, or something that they're just kind of exploring with or an idea of coaching or something like that. They, um, 
they kind of stumble into it by accident. Like somebody asks them to help them and then they say, Hey, how much do you charge? Um, so what was, what was your first experience like with your first client, whether it was paying or not, but, um, uh, uh, yeah. What, what was that experience like to finally, to feel like you can help someone and having been helpful to someone? Yeah. Um, it was kind of interesting because it wasn't somebody who specifically had cancer. The first mm-hmm. one, it was a friend of mine who, whose mom had cancer and she had just lost her. So I was helping her get past that. Okay. She was stuck in the survival mentality from helping her mom. Mm-hmm. So, and we, we spent five weeks going back and forth and I'd give her, her her assignment to do, and then she would do it, and we'd converse about it. So it was it was it's it's <laughs> helping people is what I've done all my life, anyways. But right. so naturally, it just kind of falls in that way. Um, mm-hmm. So it is it's kind of exhilarating. It's not as much adrenaline as running into a burning fire, but <laughs> it's close. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got to have that same really feel good, good feeling of, of saving someone over time. I think if anything, you're having more of a more of a lasting effect on someone by helping them, basically being a therapist in some sense, to help them grow and move past uh, such a difficult time. I think that's a that's a really that's a really big thing, and I commend you for that. Um, uh, I, I had a question and I lost it. <laughs> um, it happens, happens all the time. Um, but uh, um, so with the, um, it seems like, you know, you, you kind of got into some, you kind of peeked into science a little bit. Um, or do you do neurological research at all into like creativity and how that helps people? Are you, do you, do you look into that sort of stuff? I have looked into it some, um, and there's some amazing, amazing, um, like Ted talks and stuff on that out there, like Brene Brown and, um, Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm -hmm. She's the one, she had a stroke. That's when she found her aha moment was in the middle of her own stroke. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's there are some amazing results connected. Um, same thing with like meditation connected with even chemo and how you yeah. feel and how your body adapts to it. Well, I'm, some, I'm sure I'm sure some people struggle even psychologically with some identity stuff. Like I think a lot of people uh, uh, come into a situation where they have this happen to them and anyone who sees them or talks to them identifies them as the person that has that or had that or went through that as opposed to, as opposed to someone who is a creative person or who's someone who is a uh, uh, smart or interested in certain things they they get labeled as the person who had cancer or went through this Um and I, I'm sure that's some of the struggle too that you have to kind of deal with and how people realize that they are more than just their disease. And, and if you don't get labeled that by someone else, there's too many people out there who label it themselves that way. Right. I have breast cancer. Well, no, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't. I happen to be going through treatments for it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a mindset. And it's the difference in the mindset. 
um, you know, trying to figure out why patient A has the same diagnosis as patient B, but patient B survives and patient A doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, it makes you wonder what was the difference. And it, I think nine times out of 10, it happens to be mindset. Right. That's a, that's a big deal. It's important. I think it's important in all aspects of life to, to, to work on your mental health, which is why I have this podcast. It's to talk about different areas of, of, of mindset and mental health, not just from a mental illness perspective, but from a place where we're all looking at the big picture. We're all looking at our day-to-day lives and some people who are perfectly normal, quote unquote, mental health wise, uh, uh, take for granted that they need to take care of themselves and that they need to push forward and, and, and learn techniques to be a better person and to, to be one with their, to be one with their identity and not associate themselves with certain things or certain failures or certain ways of being that they could find ways to find coaches like yourself if they're going through extremely difficult things or, um, even when they're not to continue to take care of themselves and go to therapy and find things like for me, uh, you know, having dealt with depression and uh, uh, my cyclothymia, I started finding support in improv, um, which is, it felt to me like a different kind of therapy. Uh, and, and art feels like that for me too. Like I've, I've done some sketching um, and uh, a lot of people re- resort to or, re- or turn to, comedy or visual arts or music creation things like that to really like expand who they are as a person uh, I, I think that's amazing i think it's amazing that you're able to bring that out of people that's that's um that's that takes a certain skill to be able to connect with people um so with with all of that in mind do you i know you're doing facebook lives and things like that um where are you getting clients from typically? Do you have is it referrals, friends? Are you finding anyone who's coming to you because of what you're doing online or anything? Like how do, how are people coming to you for help? It's usually referrals right now. Um, I haven't gotten much online yet, but um, I've also been going to school full time. So I'm just mm-hmm. now starting to put a whole lot of effort into my online. Okay. Looking for that. Um, right. So, yeah, I also want to start reaching out to some of the support groups Mm -hmm. um, for breast cancer specifically, because that's where I relate the most at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are some local options to um, find some, some groups and people that could use some help from someone like you who could uh, uh, give some people some hope as to how to regain their lives and their identity and, and play with some, some, some techniques that you're able to show them. Yeah, that's, that is our goal. Awesome. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Art, art works for everybody. So, mm-hmm. you know. yeah, it's, it's real easy for anyone at any point in their lives to give up on drawing or to give up on art because of, you know, like in your situation, you know, your parents said you couldn't make a living doing that. And that happens to a lot of people. Um, or, you know, every kid starts drawing with, but it's just a matter of them deciding to stop at some point. 
so it's something that I think any of us could could pick up and do and enjoy. I think we just have to get out of our own heads and it's a good mindset shift to be able to look at what you do and interpret something from it and be able to learn from it and grow from it. It's a healthy experience. And I, I, I think that's, that's, it's an amazing medium to be able to do that for people with. And, you know, as, as adults, we look at what we did and we're like, well, that, you know, that's awful. It's a drawing of a four-year-old. Well, that was probably the last time you drew something was a four-year-old. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. how, why would you expect it to be any better than that at this point if you haven't done it in all that time? Right. And I think it's good that you're, you're doing it over time, you know, four to six weeks, that you're not just doing it for a week and then letting them go because then people will give up. Yeah. You give them a couple of weeks and you can sit with them, you talk with them, you can give them all the tools and techniques that they – you're re- basically teaching them how to grow as opposed to – what to do and because if you leave people to their own devices a lot of the time they're they're not going to do anything with it so if you're able to give them the tools and and give them the why and the how and let them learn for themselves what's inside of themselves there'll be a greater chance of success it sounds like yeah yeah always 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 so uh, we're coming up to about the 30-minute mark where I'd like to wrap up. Is there anything else you'd like to add or, um, you know, let people know where they could find you um, and, and get in touch with you? You can find me. My website is actually my name, um, melindabaum.com, but it's M-A-L-I-N-D-A-B-A-U-M.com. Or mm-hmm. you can always find me on Facebook. I'm there a lot, probably more than I should be. <laughs> <laughs> I tell myself I'm working while I'm there. So, you know, minor you know, detail. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, everyone's working on Facebook these days. So exactly. why, why not just embrace it? It's, it's the marketplace for everything that we all do. So it is. We're it is. Con- connecting and meeting great people. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, thank and, you so um, much. So th- this, will, this will go up in about uh, two weeks next, or actually I think next Wednesday or the week, Wednesday after. I'll message you and let you know, but for everyone listening, um, hopefully uh, uh, this talk was helpful to you and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Melinda. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to C-Note FM. I hope it makes you want to take over the world or go, I don't know, flip a car or something positive like that. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and give it a good rating and all that good stuff and share with your friends and uh, let me know how you felt about it. Uh, go to HowMyNameIsChristian.com to find out more about me and what I do. And uh, I'll talk to you and see you next time.